You're listening to Once, episode 228, Gallivant Season 2 Review. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show Once Upon a Time, as well as for this episode, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show Gallivant, at least the whole entire season in one single episode. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jacqueline. And we have watched and enjoyed Gallivant this year. It's its second season, a short-run series that was on ABC in January. You can still buy it, though, from iTunes, from Amazon, from several different places. And we'll have those links in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 228. Before we get into any conversation that spoils things, Jacqueline, do you think Once Upon a Time fans would enjoy the Gallivant? I absolutely think they would enjoy it. I mean, it has all the fairy tale magic stuff that Once Upon a Time has, but there's just a little bit more that sometimes I find enjoyable because Gallivant is a lot of times making fun of themselves. They don't take it too seriously, but yet you're really invested in the characters and the story. So yeah, definitely watch it. Yeah, it's very much what I think the president of ABC once called it is a mix between The Princess Bride and basically a musical. And and that's what it is. It's got all that humor of The Princess Bride, the fun music, and the music styles very greatly. And Alan Menken has done an incredible job of composing the music for this. And all of the lyrics are funny. And Gallivant is fun. And there are even some little nods to Once Upon a Time, but also plenty of references to other pop culture stuff. And I think it could be a lot of fun. I felt like the second season wasn't as family friendly as the first one was. It seemed like the second season was a little bit more edgy on some of their humor and some of the things that they uh, had in their storyline. So it's up to you to decide whether it's something that you'll watch with your family. But I'd say if you're thinking of this with your family, if you're on the conservative side, or if you have younger children, then maybe you might want to watch it first. And uh, we'll leave that discussion up to you. So now if you haven't watched the season, season one or season two yet, go watch that before we continue our conversation, because we're (laughs) going to spoil everything here. So overall, Jacqueline, what'd you think of Galvant season two? I thought it was brilliant. I pretty much haven't stopped talking about it since it went off the air like a week ago. I'm still every day listening to the soundtracks and I even watch, we watch some of the episodes. We still talk about it at the forums. Some of us will still go in and say, hey, remember when, you know, I thought this was just five weeks really well spent. I loved it. Yeah, a lot of fun. And I think that you really have to go back and rewatch season one. I thought when we first started watching the second season, I was a little confused on a couple of things. And my wife, Jenny, and I, we watched the second season together. And then before I started taking my notes for the podcast, I went and rewatched season one. And it was kind of cool because then I could see the prequel and realize, hey, that explains that. Or, hey, that's carried over in season two. So if you were like me and at all confused with certain things or trying to remember where we picked up, because 
it was a little bit harder with Gallivant, I felt, since we as podcasters spend so much time focusing on Once Upon a Time, and it had been 11 months since the previous season of Gallivant ended. So it was a little hard to remember, like, why are they on a pirate ship in the beginning? And the main plots, yes, were still uh, obvious to me, but it really helped to go back and rewatch season one. And, and I laughed a lot at season one stuff. And then a lot of season two stuff made more sense and a lot of carryovers too. So I think with some of the once upon a time references subtle in there, but I think definite once upon a time references and the fact that it's set in the fairy tale world and it's fun. I think all once upon a time fans would enjoy it as well as uh, it's just a fun show. You don't have to be a once upon a time fan to watch it. It's, it's fun, great music, a lot of tunes that will get stuck in your head. Oh my gosh. You will be singing some of these songs for weeks. What are your favorite songs, Jacqueline? And save your absolute favorite for last. Okay, I will save my absolute favorite for last. Um, some of my other favorites were A New Season, which is the song that opened the show. I also really liked Off With His Shirt, the song that was sung in the Enchanted Forest Bar. Um, I also really liked Giants and Dwarves because it was a very obvious meta reference to West Side Story. Um, that entire episode was kind of an homage to it. I also really loved the Gallivant recap song in the finale because the man who plays the jester, Ben Presley, has got a voice that won't quit. He is incredible. That final note mm. he hits just kind of blew me away. Oh, yeah. Then what is your favorite song? My very favorite song, without a doubt, is My Dragon Pal and Me, which is sung by King Richard to Tad Cooper, I Always Super Believed in You, who is a dragon. <laughs> I believe in my dragon pal and me. We'll rise up and open their eyes up. We'll light the skies up. Then rain destruction and death on their wives and kids. Oh, I was totally singing along in case anyone was wondering. It, yeah, a lot of the songs you want to sing along and they've got the catchy little tunes. And I like how they use the cliches during many of the songs, like the um, My Dragon and Me. They use the cliche things of, you know, when you're dancing with the one you love and singing the little song from like the 80s or something like that. Right. And he starts like spinning in a circle like you would see in a field of flowers. He's <laughs> spinning in a circle with Tad Cooper in his hand. <laughs> it's amazing. I was expecting to even see the classic thing of like his perspective as he's spinning and you see him holding Tad Cooper's right. <laughs> two little legs as he's spinning around. Yeah, But maybe that wouldn't fly with the, uh, the, the PETA. Right. <laughs> Probably not. Um, for my wife, Jenny, she wanted me to share her favorite song. It's not actually on the soundtrack, her favorite song. It wasn't necessarily a complete song, but it was the little song that Sid sang to Gareth to help Gareth fall asleep. Only good dreams, only good dreams. That's Jenny's favorite song, and she sings that quite frequently. I think my favorite song, and a lot of the music, is great. If you'd like to buy the soundtrack, and I definitely do recommend it, we'll have links to that from iTunes and Amazon and a couple other places maybe in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 228. And if you purchase through our link when you buy the soundtrack, then it does help support the podcast as well. So please do that if you'd like to. 
But I think that my favorite song was the combination of irony in Sid's song as he was rallying the villagers and the peasants to rise up and fight against the castle. As they're gouging out our eyes That tomorrow we'll regret it But today we rise And our corpses will rot on the plain Leaving only a gross bloody stain So I just love the, <laughs> the whole juxtaposition between here's this, this very gallivant song this uh, courageous song and uh all of the let's march let's stand up let's rise as then he's saying these things that everyone's basically committing to right and as you keep watching that number people keep leaving him (laughs) so that by the time he gets to the castle it's just sid (laughs) Because nobody wants to die. Yeah, I love it. And watch the expressions of everyone. If you yeah. go back and rewatch it, you just have to watch every single person as he's saying these things. And you can see who still seems committed at certain points and who's just like, no, I'm out of here. I don't want my eyes gouged out. But there's there's so many other good songs. What are some of the favorites from the community that you've seen? Um, Matt over at the forums really liked the song, What Am I Feeling?, which was the song Madalena sang after her very sad roast. Um, and then Bella Rose, one of the songs she really liked was Goodbye because she did not expect to sing along with Death, but that it was just such a funny, funny song. Yeah. I liked how Madalena shows up and Gallivant just goes, why are you even here? <laughs> Who invited you? Yeah, and there's a lot of that where it doesn't take itself too seriously. And, and that makes it more fun. Yeah, not necessarily as believable, but they're singing. This is a musical. Yes. <laughs> I can never take a musical seriously, really. So when I watch a musical that doesn't take itself seriously almost at all, I can get into that. It's one of those things that's just really funny when you watch it. Um, like in the second to last episode, they're all singing this melodramatic, it's a good day to die. And one of the characters just goes, we're not going to die. There's still one more episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And set your DVR, which the invitations <laughs> yeah. that uh, were shown did actually say on them, set your DVR. <laughs> that's fantastic. So... I noticed a couple of little things in this, or a lot of things. Um, first, there were a lot of pop culture references, and I can't at all get all of them. Um, but rewatching the first season and then watching the second season on the same day when I did all of this too, I could see a lot of little parallels. Like in the first season, there was a scene where Sid threw the sword to Gallivant. And then that's what happened in the second season too, and then killed Gallivant. Yeah. <laughs> in the first season, King Richard was stressing about what words he was going to say when he caught Gallivant, and he settled on, well, well, well. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he ended up saying to the wedding planner as well. And the foundation for Madalena's and Gareth's relationship, even, was set really in season one. It didn't start only in season two. It was actually kind of in the dungeon in season one where Gareth was essentially saying, she's horrible. I kind of like that. Yes, they can go be terrible together. And uh, Jean Ham, who is in the Enchanted Forest bar, 
was the jousting competitor from season one. I wondered the first time I watched season two and uh, Gallivant pointed Jean Han out, I thought, huh? Wait, what? Who, who is that? Why should we even care? And then when I rewatched season one, I realized, oh, that's the guy. One of the things I love to look for in uh, shows is, since we do the podcast about Once Upon a Time, is some of the Easter eggs and little hidden things with screenshots and stuff. And one of the most enjoyable things was looking at Chester Wormwood's to-do lists for the wedding plan and the evil plan. On the wedding plan, it has normal things. And I did screenshot this and I wrote down as much as I could. Some of the letters are a little obscure, but uh, it says invitations, Isabel pumpkin dress, no children except the groom, order gluten-free grog, sit nights at round tables, not square tables, princess jubilee RSVP pending, more red flowers regarding red palette, Attractive wait staff this time, Barry. Teach Harry how to read his wedding vows. Groomsman's gifts slash engrave. Hire a painter who can really paint those action shots. Oh my gosh. And there's something about speed. I couldn't read it very well. And then the last point was kosher meats. But on the evil plan side, it said buy green poison on sale. Mind control tiara on Princess Isabella. Snub Alan Menken regarding <laughs> Emmy. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's hilarious. And take over kingdom pending something with spiders. That's what it actually said is something with spiders. <laughs> Just something with them. Identify the one true king to unite them all. Kill Jon Snow? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're laughing a lot at that one. What is that? Because I didn't get that one. Okay. So Jon Snow is a character in the Song of Ice and Fire book series, which is more popularly known as Game of Thrones on HBO. The season they just ended, uh, something happens to Jon. So the fact that it says kill Jon Snow question mark is hilarious. <laughs> There's also uh, Ask Wanda for ETA on centerpieces, and it's crossed out in a little note next to it that says Other Plan. Rely heavily on Nielsen ratings. <laughs> Ignore modern world. Yes. <laughs> uh, find powerful ally in Act 3. Which is what he does yeah. with Madalena. <laughs> and there was one, I couldn't read the first part, well, several words from it. Uh, it was something brainstorm, build, and refugees. And then there was something teach Harry, something lips, and something else. I couldn't uh, read those last couple. They were a bit too blurry. I love the rely heavily on Nielsen ratings and ignore the modern world. Because obviously, if you pay attention to ratings, which I'm kind of a ratings junkie. I'm obsessed with them. I talk about them all the time. Um, <laughs> one of the big complaints people have is that Nielsen is so hugely outdated because it doesn't take into account really stuff like Twitter and people who are watching in different ways. And Gallivant probably has actually a very big audience that isn't watching it in the traditional manner. And their ratings are just so sad because of it. Did you happen to notice the title of the very first episode? Yes. (laughs) And if you pay any attention to ratings, you know exactly who the cancellation bear is. And the fact that from the beginning, he's been saying Gallivant would be canceled after one season. Yeah. Uh, but do you think they'll come back with a third season? We'll theorize later about what might be in it, but do you think they'll come back with one? 
I am willing to pretty much do whatever it takes to ensure that. <laughs> I think they've got to see there's some enthusiasm. Sure, the Nielsen ratings, really, it's a messed up archaic system. Sorry, Nielsen, if you're listening, get with the program, guys. But I think when you look at, especially for the Once Upon a Time fans, you give them content in the middle of a hiatus that can appeal to Once Upon a Time fans and something that gives us a break from all of the tension of theorizing and shipping and posting in the forums about it and all of that stuff that goes on with the fans. I think Galavant is a nice breath of fresh air and puts a smile back on your face and, and it's a lot of fun. Completely agree. What else did you think overall of Galavant season two? I still thought, I mean, obviously I thought it was brilliant. I really liked some of the these kind of meta references to outside pop culture. And, um, you know, you've already mentioned a few. I really liked Neo of Sporin. I thought that was hilarious. I didn't even get that. Now that you say that? Yeah, you say it out loud and you get it. <laughs> <laughs> um I like that they didn't know where to take Galavan after he was stabbed. I mean, they ended up taking him to the Sporin. But on all the signs, you saw, like, Portlandia and some other cities. And one of them was the Red Keep, which is another Game of Thrones reference where you never want to go if you want to get out alive. One of the things I really liked when they went to Neo Sporin was they poked fun at the Princess Bride. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah I loved that. <laughs> Because there's that famous scene in The Princess Bride where you have Miracle Max who declares that Wesley is... Dead or mostly dead. Mostly dead. That's it. I was like, I can't remember it. Where Miracle Max declares that he's... Wesley is mostly dead. Um, And in (laughs) Galavant, Sid says, well, couldn't Galavant just be mostly dead? And Neo of Sworn goes, there is no such thing. (laughs) It's just... and. If you follow the Gallivant Twitter feed during the Eastern Standard Time viewing of the show, they will get in on it and be just incredibly snarky. And they were like, oh, I guess there's no Miracle Max to come save him. I, I love that they like do that whole um, fan interaction. Some of the other things I really liked were when they spoofed very common fairy tale tropes and storylines and made them funny. <laughs> so one of my favorites has to be the magical amulet in the first two episodes. <laughs> so Isabella has this magical amulet that she wants to give to Chef. And she's going on and on about how she's worn it every single day since she was a baby. She's never without it. And Chef just keeps going, I have never seen you with this amulet. <laughs> and... It's just such, um, it's making fun of all the magical MacGuffins that happen in fantasy storytelling where they just pop up and suddenly the, it saves the day. And it's very, I don't know if they were directly going against Once Upon a Time, but it was hard not to see them poking fun at once with that. And it's like the chef was speaking for us. Yes. (laughs) Like, what even is this object? I've never seen it before. Uh, In the forums, Bella Rose said, I liked how during the first season it was about Gallivant trying to become the hero he used to be. And the second season was about King Richard finding his strength and becoming a hero. They even had their own song about it. Gallivant, this is my moment in the sun and Richard's song with his inner child. Yeah, that was a really sweet 
song and the actor who plays King Richard, Timothy O'Mudson, I believe his last name is, actually said that it was his favorite song all season. And it was really cool that they got the same actors to play young King Richard and young Gareth as they had in the first season. The only actor that they had to get someone else different for season two versus season one was uh, Gallivant's father who did appear in season one, but he was played by someone completely differently from who played him in season two. But I think the season two Gallivant senior, that is, looks more like Gary Gallivant than (laughs) the Gallivant senior in season one. Yeah, yeah. He did a nice job. I mean, it's not easy taking over for someone, especially when the previous actor was Anthony Stewart Head, who most pop culture fans are going to recognize as Giles from Buffy. So, but he did a really nice job. But speaking of little child actors, back in that scene where we saw young King Richard and young Gareth, there was another kid there. And I don't know if you caught this, but he asked Richard, should I write you a theme song, my king? And Gareth turns to him and says, shut it, Mankin. Oh, yeah. Alan Mankin. <laughs> Just like, this is brilliant. See, a lot of these things, I hear them. And they don't stand out until someone else says them. Uh, there's yeah. there's a lot of, I think, rewatchability in Gallivant because yeah. you can catch more and more of these things, either the more you connect with different aspects of pop culture. Like, I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I don't get all of the Game of Thrones humor. I got the one where they actually said, this isn't Game of Thrones. But beyond that, I didn't catch the other things. And uh, so this, I think, will be one of those things. You'll want to record it. Right. Or get it. Set your DVR. Yes. Matthew Paul, one of our other moderators of the forum, said, Amazing season from beginning to end. Just like season one, King Richard is the best part. And with such a great character arc, we saw him evolve from a fopish virgin tyrant to the one true king to unite them all. I even loved his relationship with Roberta, as it was about time that Richard found his soulmate. Also loved Gallivant, Izzy, Sid, Madalena, Gareth, and everyone else. I even enjoyed Wormwood, who is a fun new villain to spice things up. A fun twist with Wormwood was that he was still totally committed as a wedding planner, to the point where he even gave gave a few tips right before he dropped dead. Overall, this show is a whole lot of fun, and I would absolutely love a third season. I will forever question why so many viewers wouldn't give this amazing show a chance, but I do have to give ABC credit making season two a reality at all. It was a rare moment where a network gave the show another chance. I will keep my fingers crossed for another surprise renewal. But if this is truly the end, I'll always be incredibly thankful for all the joy this show has given me. Matt and I had so much fun with this show. Every single Sunday, we would make these huge long lists of everything that we super liked about that episode. And normally... When we do that at, for Once Upon a Time, we always end up listing things we didn't particularly like, yeah. but we didn't do that at all with Gallivant. We just – we had such a blast with it. I think with Gallivant, because it's designed for fun, it's harder to be critical about it. It's like how it's more difficult to insult someone who's smiling very brightly at you and laughing at every critique you give them or or just taking it. You know, It's not as fun – to criticize and and gallivant in a way kind of seems that way where maybe we're a little blinded against any plot holes and i'm sure there are plot holes and stuff here and there but 
we weren't looking for it because it, it's a fun show and we were looking for fun. And I think Gallivant delivered on that. Yeah. What were some of your favorite moments from this season? Tad Cooper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the the ending, the final scene of Richard going out to feed Tad Cooper is going to go down as just one of the best moments <laughs> I've ever seen. I it have was, a dragon. I have a dragon. Because it's it's such a great way to basically say, and they all lived happily ever after, you know? Yeah, yeah. This, this poor king who could be such a cliche because he's set up as you know, the bad guy and the evil king who turns out to be basically a cupcake. (laughs) And he's got this dragon, this lizard, this bearded lizard that he absolutely believes is a dragon. And then it is. And it's just like, (laughs) I swear I almost cried because I was so happy. (laughs) I thought all along, like when I first saw it, I thought, oh, yeah, (laughs) lizard, funny, (laughs) funny, he was duped. But then the more they kept referencing it, I thought, no, it's going to be a dragon. But I thought it would turn into a dragon when Wormwood knocked it out of yeah. Richard's hands. And Jenny loved that scene, actually. But um, yeah, to see then the reward, he is a dragon, a fire-breathing dragon. That could be a lot of fun in season three if they can bring it back. I want Richard to ride into battle on the back of Tad Cooper. <laughs> yeah. That's my dream. I also really loved that Gallivant and Izzy got there happily ever after. I mean, you kind of knew they were going to, Mm -hmm. but the way it happened, I really love that song that they sang together, their duet, about how, you know, as epic conclusions go, this one's rather small, but it's perfect for them. They get to go live their life together, and (laughs) I have to do this. They found Tallahassee. Yeah. They found a house by the beach, and um, one of our other forum members, Fee and I, were basically having a meltdown (laughs) over the fact that Gal and Izzy found their Tallahassee. So that was just, it was really beautiful, and I love the wedding. One of my favorite moments was the forest of coincidence. (laughs) That was hilarious. (laughs) Everything they said just happened, and there was that little musical cue every time as well. (laughs) That... I swear that has that land has to exist somewhere in the Once Upon a Time universe. I mean, it's it's next to you know, magical plot island or something. It's but that was such a great little. That's one of those meta references where they're clearly playing with some of those really horrible tropes that you see all the time in fantasy literature, oh, yeah. and just making fun of it. E- even just modern storytelling that's not trying to be a fairy tale but modern action movies and stuff right there are often so many things that's like oh wow what a coincidence that we just so happen to have the chosen one right here or whatever it is that yes. they're talking about <laughs> one of the things that i didn't catch until the second time i watched it it's this very tiny little nod or reference to titanic it's when they're doing the do song with wormwood and madalena she puts her arms up straight in the air as he's getting her ready. And she says, just don't let go. I realize that's from Titanic. Because there's that moment in Titanic where Jack and uh, the, the girl, I forget her name, but they're at the front of the boat. And he says, uh, here, do this thing. And here, spread your arms out. And she says, just don't let go. And uh, nice little reference there. There are pop culture references all over the place in this uh, with like every song Probably every scene has several pop culture references. 
Yeah, I'd agree. And even, not even necessarily pop culture, but just references to anything that's going on currently in our world. The episode where Richard goes to find his castle and he stumbles upon the the peasants who have discovered democracy. And there's that great moment when the head of these peasants looks dead in the camera right at the audience and just says he has no idea why anybody would go to war if it only profits a few. Yeah. I was just like, okay, you break that fourth wall. <laughs> and then they even acknowledge it too. That who are you looking at? Right, Gallivant, like, who are you looking at? It's, it's so funny. What were some of the other uh, highlights for you? There was one that a lot of us have kind of made fun of at the forum since this episode aired. As Richard and Gallivant are coming ashore, they basically have a giant shipwreck that you don't really get to see. And they were traveling with pirates, and one of the pirates died. (laughs) And Gallivant gets upset and turns to Richard and says, a pirate died. And Richard responds with, that's what pirates do. (laughs) And having just come out of season 5A, Once Upon a Time, in which Captain Hook dies, (laughs) Mm. it's just, it's hilarious. It's just hilarious. And even though I don't think it's a real tie-in to Once, I don't think they're making fun of Once, it's just one of those moments where you just have to laugh. Yeah. Jack, who writes our show notes for us for the podcast, uh, said when Madalena and Gareth professed their love for each other in front of the soldiers, that was funny and nice and sweet. It was. That was such a cute little moment. I was surprised that I actually really responded to those two because I thought that I would never have any sympathy for Madalena. I really thought they would just keep her as this um, this this evil queen. But they actually kind of made her a little bit more human, and I liked her with Gareth. One of Bella Rose's favorite moments was when Richard was racing to go to get Roberta, oh. and Bella Rose said, I cried during his speech. Yes! <laughs> when he's like, I, I can accomplish everything in my life, but it doesn't mean anything if, you know, you're not with me. I was just like, oh, God, <laughs> what are these feelings? <laughs> I'm surprised that she didn't say, you had me at hello. Right. (laughs) That would have been a great reference. But I love that she was on her way to Mount Spinster with some chocolate and a cat. (laughs) Matthew Paul said that uh, Richard killing Wormwood for what he did to Tad Cooper was one of his favorite moments. You may have killed one dragon, but you've awoken another. That's right. You defend Tad Cooper. Before we get into sharing our hopes and theories for the next season let alone that there would be a next season. I want to thank some people who made this episode of the podcast possible, and they were the heroes to rule all heroes and unite them all. Lisa Slack, David Newland, Tappenbird, and our 26 heroes on Patreon. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast, especially during this time that we're not producing as many episodes. The podcast does still cost to put out there and just keep it out there. Keep it online. So we do really appreciate your support of the podcast. If you would like to be a hero to the podcast as well, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. Try and pull that sword out of the stone and be the hero that the podcast needs. That's at oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. So you just mentioned pulling the sword from the stone. Obviously, Authorian mythology there with um, just coming out of Once Upon a Time season 5A. But there was this great moment where Richard pulls out the sword and the plaque says, you know, the, the sword of the one true king and hero. And I remember tweeting out, and he didn't even have to fight a bear. 
It was. It felt like such an obvious reference to the fact that Rumple had to pull out that sword, but first he had to fight the bear. Yeah, I, I loved the part near the end when he put the sword in the stone and pulled it out, put it in, pulled yeah. it out with the, the angels singing, sort of just when the sword was out and stops when the sword goes back in, just really making fun of that cliche of the angel singing when you pull out the sword and you know the beautiful music and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think I might even rewatch this season before Once Upon a Time Returns or maybe during the summer hiatus because it's it's just such a fun show. But what do you think? Do you think we'll have a third season? Um, hashtag hope. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I really, really want to believe that there are numbers that ABC has that us fans who just look at the re- ratings every night don't have. The fact that they even got that surprise renewal was really shocking to begin with. I'm kind of hoping that ABC realizes that the people who are watching are choosing to watch live and passionately on Twitter, <laughs> you know, watching on demand the next day. We're all buying the the soundtracks. I really, really hope so. And really, if you go buy the soundtrack or buy this season on iTunes or Amazon or anything like that, ABC will see that. And not necessarily that you bought it, but they'll see sales of it. And the thousands of you listening to this podcast right now, if you enjoyed the show or you think you might enjoy the show, go buy it from somewhere and show ABC that we'd love to have a third season come back. And we enjoyed the music. And that's the really cool thing about this is whereas with Once Upon a Time, there's not really a piece of Once Upon a Time that you can take with you and relive very easily. But you can do that with Gallivant because it has the songs, the songs that you can listen to around the house. You can listen to in the car. You can hum in the shower or anything like that. That's what makes Gallivant so much fun, I think, gives it that stickability. But I'm a little concerned, too, at the same time that, and yet also grateful, that the way they wrapped up season two does bring a comfortable ending to the series if they had to end it here. Yeah, we would be disappointed, but we're not sitting on a cliffhanger like we did with the end of season one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just a quick aside, I love that they made fun of that. <laughs> Where the jester was singing and he goes, what if we just left everyone on a horrible cliffhanger and the screen just goes to black? <laughs> yeah, the disappointing thing about that, though, was... The next episode aired immediately after that. So it right. wasn't really much of a cliffhanger because they, they split up the episodes into half hour episodes or it's about 21 and a half minutes of content. And then they aired two episodes together. So 10 episodes total aired across five weeks. I think it could have been even funnier if they actually had the week between then. But still, it was it, great that the way they did it. Mm-hmm. So what do you hope for in a season three? I would really like Izzy and Gal to decide that while they love their quiet life, they do want to go on more adventures. I think that they're the kind of people who are content to be at home, but who want to leave every now and then to go see the world a little bit. I don't think they're going to be sitting at home for long, even with their seven children or maybe three. (laughs) One of my hopes And things I'm looking forward to if they bring it back. Let's just assume they'll bring it back so we don't have to keep adding that little disclaimer. But I think seeing Madalena dark like that at the end of the season, great look for her. She really 
fits that darkness well and it, it looks really good on her and she just she looks so much like the iconic dark dark evil way kind of person with the way they did her makeup and her clothing and she's perfect for that and that would be cool to see that played with in the third season yes i completely agree she i don't think she's the kind of person who's ever going to be a hero i mean she and gareth are going to go off and they're going to be terrible people together but you know it's like gareth said he's okay being a terrible person he just doesn't want to be an evil one and i really like that she ends season two going off to just learn how to be more terrible um i would also really like it if the dell the dark evil lord was rumpelstiltskin oh that would be a lot of fun i think bobby carlisle as Rumple would just fit into that show so well. Uh, it, I'm just thinking now of seeing Rumple Stiltskin in the whole Rumple Stiltskin Enchanted Forest um, outfit singing a song. I, I think that might kill the Once Upon a Time fans. Like they just drop dead from awesomeness. Pretty much. <laughs> As someone who is, you know, been Rumple's Rumple's girl for five years now, mm-hmm. yeah, it would probably kill me. I'd like to see more of the monks in a third season. I was really glad we got to see them in the second season, even though it was right near the end. But with Weird Al Yankovic there in the monks, great to see him wrapping up the season. You know, as a side note, I didn't see or recognize as many stars in this season as in the first season. Like in the first season, we had uh, Weird Al Yankovic. We had Rickard Gervais play Xanax in the first season and then several other uh, stars make appearances in the first season i looked up different characters from the second season who played individual characters here and there and didn't really see a lot of stardom among them i mean i did recognize wormwood because i watched that old tv or mini series uh, horatio hornblower i watched that and i did recognize him as a captain from one of the episodes But besides that, I didn't recognize most of the other characters. I thought, initially, I thought that uh, old guy in the tent, the fortune teller, was uh, the guy that maybe played Gandalf or played um, (laughs) Professor um, from Harry Potter. Dumbledore. Uh, Yeah, Dumbledore. No, but but probably the biggest star they had on for this season was Kylie Minogue, who sang the Take Off His Shirt song in the bar. And... We're American, so we may not recognize her, but Fee, who lives in Australia, described her as basically the queen of all Australian pop music. And actually, she and Joshua Sace, the guy who plays Gallivant, are now dating after they met on set. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Now, in our chat room while we're recording this, uh, Jared had mentioned that he loved seeing the monks, too, and the pop culture stuff and several other things that were referenced. Uh, Any other hopes for season three? No, mostly just that we get one. I'm going to probably be happy with anything Gallivant does. We got a crazy theory that uh, was shared from Matthew Paul. Now, he didn't come up with this theory, but he shared it. And he said somebody came up with the hilarious theory that the dark evil lord is actually Weird Al Yankovic's monk character because he was laughing maniacally leading into that scene. I didn't realize that was Weird Al doing that crazy laugh or makes sense because it was weird al's song and then he started the evil laugh 
that went into that scene. Yeah. And uh, Matthew continued, now I can't get that idea out, out of my head. Maybe the monk secretly wants to settle the score with Izzy because she forced him to break his vow of singing. <laughs> that would be great to see more of him and see him as the dark evil lord. Yeah. During the wedding scene, when he's reciting the vows, he goes a little crazy and he starts talking about dolphins with lasers another pop culture (laughs) reference and i was just like okay maybe you're a little off your nut but when madalena went to whatever castle that was the dark evil lord's castle the guy said that the dark evil lord is also a fashion designer (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i think that cancels the idea of his also being the monk unless it's a side job probably Well, this concludes our discussion of Gallivant, the second season. We'd love to hear from you. What did you think of Gallivant? What were some of your favorite songs or what are those earworm songs that you just can't get out of your head? What are the favorite moments you had from this and what other little things did you notice? Uh, By the way, we didn't even mention this great little crossover reference talking about the Enchanted Forest before we knew it was a bar. I was getting really excited thinking, they're going into the Enchanted Forest. They're talking about the evil queen. This is so cool. And then we discover it's a bar. (laughs) I kind of half expected Lana Perea to like walk out in her full on evil queen regalia and curse them or something. But yeah, the fact that it turned out to be a bar was hilarious. Once upon a time, actors, if you're listening right now. Please put in a request with your agent to get on to Gallivant season three. Well, first request that there be a season three so that you can get on because the ones fans would love to see you. But please let us know. Also comment on this episode and let us know what your theories are about what might come in season three. So you can comment on this episode as well as share it out with your friends. And that's a really big way that you can help the podcast is to share the episode by going to oncepodcast.com slash 228. We'll be back very soon with our regular conversations about Once Upon a Time when the season returns on Sunday, March 6th at 8 p.m. slash 7 central. We'll be back with our initial reactions just a few minutes after the episode airs in Eastern time and our full discussion. So remember to send us your feedback. All of our contact information is on the website at oncepodcast.com. As well as we're going to do something a little different is the next episode coming out from our podcast will be spoilers only because there were so many spoilers from Hunter and Jacqueline, and they do a great job covering the spoilers. And I wanted to make sure that the Once Upon a Time fans who want spoilers could get those, even if they weren't interested in the Gallivant Season 2 review. So we'll be releasing that as a separate episode. Nothing else, theories or anything else will be shared in that episode except stuff related to spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, skip episode 229 and then you won't have to worry about it. Or if you want those spoilers, watch for episode 229 and you'll be able to get that at oncepodcast.com slash 229 or make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you get every episode automatically and tell your friends about it, especially as the show is returning on March 6th. I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to especially the upcoming 100th episode celebration and what kind of stuff that they put together in that. I know Jacqueline knows some of what's going to be in that. I know nothing. I know a lot. I know a little bit about what's going to be in that. 
but I don't know reasons. I don't know plots. I just know very basic things. And what tiny, tiny little bit I know, because I haven't been able to avoid knowing certain things, I'm really looking forward to whatever it is that they do with it. But it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to a new season of Once Upon a Time. I know you are too. So please share this podcast with your friends. Go to oncepodcast.com slash 228 to share it out on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Plus, Reddit, wherever you like to share podcasts. Tell someone else about the podcast, and that's the best way to help us. Please connect with us on Twitter at Once Podcast, and I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me on Twitter at punk underscore bunny underscore 87. Also, special thanks to our whole team of volunteers who helped make this podcast possible. Corbin for sorting our feedback, Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanan for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing our spoilers. Listen to that in the next episode of our podcast. Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Keb managing our timeline, and my fellow co-hosts, Jeremy, Aaron, Hunter, and Jacqueline doing this podcast with me. And it's a lot of fun. We have great relationships and friendships since starting this podcast. And until next time, thanks for the adventure, thanks for the power, thanks for the crown, thanks for the love, and thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for making this episode of the podcast possible. If you would like to be one of them and support the podcast and keep it going, please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. I have a dragon!